Hello, everybody. Happy New Year, and welcome to this first Views from the 573 pod of the year of the decade, no less. Hope you guys have had a happy New Year so far. Enjoying the earth, the first day of the 2020s. Feels weird to say that now. We'll get used to it a little bit later on. This is not the first time we've been reco- we've recorded on the New Year's Day. Last year we did it. We did the movie preview pod, but this time year we're doing views, and we got a whole lot of football to talk about on this week's show with the wrap up of the NFL season, playoffs, coaching turnover, and what's going on with bowl season college football. But before we get into any of that, I'm, of course, your co-host, Ryan McDaniel. And join with me this evening is my fellow co-host, Matt Mormon. Matt, Happy New Year. How are you doing? Hey, happy decade, Ryan. You know what is a fun fact for you? What? For the first time in two decades, we are in a decade where the New England Patriots have not won a Super Bowl. Oh, man, yeah, that's that, a, that's great. Doesn't that feel lovely? Well, yeah, it we might actually be in a decade where they might not make the AFC championship. Hey, you know the, what? If you have it your way, they won't. It, I mean, yeah, that's one of the things we're going to talk about later in the show. The Patriots, uh, whatever happened to them. So let's get right on to week 17, the last week of the season. Now, of course, some teams still have some stuff to play for with seeding, regards to seeding. Some other teams, like your Ravens, uh, didn't have much concern, but nonetheless, still got a win with RG3. I know that was exciting. Well, you know, Peter, or uh, Ryan, you mentioned that you know, Peter Lewis is not on the podcast today. I can only imagine that he is just swimming in all of the alcohol, thinking about how his beloved Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> lost to Robert Griffin the third and the backups of the Baltimore Ravens. And I got to tell you, it was, it was a very fun game. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Watching well, that game of football. I think any time, especially with you and the Ravens, if they beat the Steelers, Browns, or Bengals, it's a good day. Yeah. I mean, obviously, anytime you beat one of your division rivals or the Browns, it's, it's a big game, you know. Uh, but to, to, you know, effectively end the Steelers season before, you know, because obviously had your Titans lost, uh, they would have had a chance, which, you know, your Titans won, so it didn't matter. Yeah. Uh, thank goodness. But to be able to say, hey, we swept the Steelers this year and we beat you guys with Robert Griffin the third at quarterback in 2019, that's a pretty good feeling. I'm not going to lie. That, that's nice. Yeah, it, it has to be. And good for RG3, Which, too. you know what, though? Granted, I, you know, I kind of mentioned you know, that we won with RG3. He was the best quarterback in the game. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I guess it, it's, it shouldn't be that surprising. No. Listen, despite how far RG3 has fallen off from where he was early in his career, he's better than anything the Steelers have going on there. <laughs> yeah, uh, the duck quit quacking, and obviously <laughs> we know Rudolph and his red nose are uh, you know, not, not feeling too hot at the moment. Oh, no, yeah. So, you know, we'll take a look at some of our picks from Week 17, but we'll take a look at some of the other Week 17 games that we didn't get to pick. Uh, Jets at Bills. The Jets... You know, listen, Matt, they start off rough. Bunch of injuries. You had Darnold having mono. Uh, they worked their way back and go go a respectable 7-9 and nine to close out the year. That's well, pretty good it, for them. It, man, that is crazy. They ended up 7-9. and nine. Yeah, is, it that is. That does not feel right. But we should mention this game mattered as much to the Bills as one of these uh, bowl games that we're going to talk about, which means <laughs> it, it didn't matter. It was... 
completely irrelevant for the Bills season, so they rested, you know, pretty much everyone they could. Yeah. So, good for you, Jets. You, you managed to win when they didn't play anybody, but <laughs> it was what it was. Then we had the Bengals at Browns. The Bengals decided to get their second win the season before we said goodbye to them. Yeah, so, the yeah. poor the, these brownies. They're uh, <laughs> yikes, and they fire they fire their coach for you know good riddance to him. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yikes! What what a what a crappy year for I I know they were my division pick. Uh, yeah, the brownies. What a what a crappy year they had. Well. The Titans kicked off their crap year, so shout out to my Titans for doing that. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Uh, Packers and Lions. This one was weird. The Lions were up and were seemingly outplaying the Packers, and, and the Packers still had s- something to play for with regards to seeding. Uh, a big thing to play for. They were potentially going to be the number one seed. Yeah. And uh, then the the come down the way they played this game early on, they they didn't look themselves. They struggled. Yeah, I tell you, Detroit was scrappy out there. They, they, I mean, this thing it went right down to the wire. Uh, Mason Crosby, who had the miserable game last year against Detroit, if you remember, he missed like what five kicks. Oh man! Uh, so he, he redeemed himself nicely with that game winner. Um, but you know what, the Packers. And it's funny. We'll talk about it in the playoffs. A guy at work, we were talking about the playoffs, and he mentioned he doesn't trust the Packers. And it feels like out of the three, three and thirteen teams, the Packers are the team that really has not played up to their potential. Yeah, and I, I kind of agree with that. You know, I kind of feel the offense has been a little out of sorts of time this year. Right. But you know what though, they still went three and, or thirteen and three rather, not three and thirteen. Uh, you know, you can only win the NFC East if you go three and thirteen. <laughs> uh, they, they they won thirteen games, and we feel like they didn't meet the potential. That tells yeah. me you have got some talent. Yeah. Like, yeah. if things click for the Packers after this bye, I tell you what, I think there's a chance they can make the run. I mean, hey, anything is possible. Once you get into the playoffs, it's the next season. Uh, it's the hardest part. It's the hardest season out of all of them. Well, like we said, they, they, they were the, the two seed. They went 13-3 and three this season. Yeah. It's not like this is a team that stumbled in at seven and nine, and, you know, got lucky with a division. They were right. thirteen and three. Yeah, but in the end, uh, Crosby gets them the win, and you know they very much need that. Although they didn't get the one seed, so they they did get the two seed though. They they do get a buy and home and uh, get home field revenge. If, uh, if San Francisco were to somehow go down, so Which, that's good for them. Yeah, but you know what? I think it's more important to have home field against New Orleans than it would be to have home field against San Fran. So that two yeah. seed is a big, big hold. Also, it forced New Orleans to be the three seed, even though New Orleans went 13-3, and three, which is just unbelievable. That 13-3 and three team doesn't get a bye. Yeah, I... I... I mean, we we kind of knew where things were lining up a few weeks out before week seventeen. It's like, this is nuts. We're gonna have a team that's like twelve and four. That's go- that's gonna be a three seed, which is nuts when you look at it. Yeah, it ended up being thirteen and three, another three seed. I know that, it. That bites. That one hurts. But we get we get the Minnesota Miracle rematch, which I think that's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna get to it. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, so th- that so that was a game the Packers very much needed. They get that one. 
so moving on to the game, oh, one of the games we actually did pick Chargers and Chiefs. The Chiefs, the, the, they were playing for seeding in this one as well. Uh, keep, they were especially keeping an eye on that Miami New England game. Shout out to Kevin Harlan for calling two games at once, by the way. That was uh, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> that was so cool. Like, we were watching the Chiefs. Obviously, Rebecca was home. She's a big Chiefs fan. And, uh, yeah, it also, I, I noticed before he started doing that that they froze the ticker to where the ticker was staying on the Dolphins and Patriots. Yeah. Which I thought that alone was a nice touch and, you know, something kind of cool to do. But then all of a sudden, yeah, Kevin Harlan, he's just like, and Brady drops back and he's got to roll to his right and hit Elman. And I'm like, he's going to do two games at once. And he <laughs> did, and it was great. Well, listen, the, the fortunate thing, he's not going to get paid double for that. Ah, uh, yeah. Just like how, uh, did you see Emmanuel Sanders became the oh. first player in NFL history to catch a pass in 17 regular season games? Oh, wow. Yeah, but he only gets 16 game checks. Oh. <laughs> so, so that means there was one week where he did not get paid. Yeah. And so the Chiefs, they, they get the number two seed. They beat the Chargers here. And I get the feeling here that this is the end for Phillip Rivers. Yeah, I agree. I have that feeling too. Uh, it just, he just seems done. And, yeah. and if you're LA, he's a free agent. So if you're LA, why would you bring him back? Right. He has shown you nothing this season. And he was really good two years ago. You know, yeah. I think and being that good two years ago, I think that means there's a, maybe a slight chance someone's willing to take, take the shot and right. hope they can catch some, you know, Peyton Manning magic kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's doubtful. I think, you know what, I, I came up with a uh, fantasy booking here, Ryan, that I think would just be awesome hilarity and very fun. But yeah. I think it's incredibly doubtful. But I just think it'd be fun where uh, Breeze retires and Rivers goes to New Orleans to replace Drew Breeze. Oh. I, it it I, won't happen. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, it won't happen. But it'd be, it'd be fun. Because, like, if Breeze retires, they're going to Bridgewater. Yeah. But... You know, if it happened, I thought it'd be a fun irony that'd make you yeah. chuckle. And the Chargers, I mean, they got the sixth pick. Uh, depending on what happens with Tua, he's supposed to officially announce Monday where what he's going to do. Uh, Herbert, we were just talking about him pre-show about him having a good game, his final game of his career with the Rose Bowl. Do they go there? Uh, or do they go and get one of the free agents out there or trade for somebody like Cam or... Uh, I guess we'll talk about this a little bit later on with the Patriots. Maybe if this is the end of Brady in New England, does Brady go to the Chargers? Well, and they have Tyrod Taylor on the roster. Yeah, that's so true. So do you maybe not take a quarterback first, you know, first round, but try to take a developmental guy, right? And, and let uh, Ty God be the uh, the bridge. Well, yeah, and they need some offensive line help, and there's some decent offensive linemen from what I've been reading up at the top of the draft so they can go get somebody at number six. If they want to go with Tyrod or somebody else, get get this dude some offensive line help. I mean, That's what they need. We saw how well it worked for Baker whenever Tyrod was there, you know, in front of him. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe that's an option. Yep. But that's for uh, March. <laughs> yeah. It, Bears at Vikings was our next game. The Vikings – they didn't really have too much to play for. The Bears win this one by two, twenty-one to nineteen. 
So good for them. We picked that game. We all went with the Vikings, but you know, it who cares? The well, Vikings said yeah, everybody. It, it was an irrelevant game. Uh, for the Vikings. Yeah, they said everybody. They they were the only NFC team that knew what seed they'd have. And uh, they got that seed. So, hey, mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, we pick, Then the next game, Dolphins at Patriots. And... What the... Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> like, the Patriots have a bye on the line. If they right. win... It doesn't matter what the Chiefs do. If they win, you're the two seed. Like, the yeah. Patriots should be treating this like a postseason game. Exactly. And Ryan Fitzpatrick beats them. <laughs> I tell you, you know what, what, if I'm Fitzpatrick, I'm retiring with that game. <laughs> if I am Fitzpatrick, that's it. That, that's a great highlight. You go out on top. You beat the Patriots. You had a nice final season. If I'm Fitzpatrick, I'm done. Yeah, and Devontae Parker ain't Gilmore up. I tell you what, Devontae Parker has had one heck of a year. Three former, th- three guys that Adam Gates ruined had great years this year. With, with him, Tannehill, and Kenyon Drake. Yeah. Oh. Like, <laughs> I- incredible what, what what all went down this year with those guys. Yeah, well, let's talk about what the, the Dolphins. Listen, they didn't tank. They played hard. They still get the fifth pick. Five and eleven, they got they have something to to think about next season. They played hard. Flores gets them to play hard. Like they still need some pieces, some critical pieces. Yeah, they still need talent. But I really, I tell you what, I think Brian Flores really showed this year that he can get guys to play up to their potential. Yeah, he got the most out of them. Yeah, and that's well in those first weeks, it's tough to get guys to play hard for you. When yeah, you know there's a good chance they're getting traded away. You know, so that whole first half of the season, I'm kind of giving him a bit of a, like, you know, mulligan on that. You know, yeah. the whole first half of the season. So, once he got things settled, it was really pretty good. Yeah. And I didn't expect that at all. Yeah, I didn't either. So, Dolphins, they, uh, 5-11, they still get a top five pick. And if uh, Tua declares, he's right there for him. So, there you go. Next game, Falcons at Bucks. We uh, the Falcons. Listen, nice turnaround for them to at, toward in the back half of the season. Looks like they are keeping Dan Quinn and all those guys over there. But good turnaround in the back half of the season compared to where they were early on. Yeah, I mean, I was banging the fire Dan Quinn drum midseason. Yeah, I, I really, I thought he should have been done. I thought this team was playing so. You know, we talked about Flores getting the most out of his guys. It really felt to me like the Falcons were not getting the most out of their guys at all for a lot yeah. of this season. But he, he really got things going, though, in the second half. Yeah, and let's also not forget the great Jameis Winston, who, and listen, Matt, oh. I know Lamar Jackson is exciting and all, but Jameis might be behind him as the most exciting player to watch week in and week out. You never well, know what he's going to do. And he's maybe the most frustrating. Uh, I don't know if I said it last <laughs> week. Where one of my good friends, Nathan, came up with a uh, phrase for to describe Jameis. I think it's just perfect. It's Jay Cutler with a smile. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> there's going to be those games where he throws four touchdowns in 250 yards, and you go, wow, this guy's a star. And then there's going to be other games where he throws, you know, 
100 yards and four interceptions. And then there's going to be games where he throws for 350, three touchdowns, and three interceptions. You're going to go, I don't know what to think of this guy. (laughs) All just in one game. It's incredible. Yeah, so he finished. He had over five thousand yards passing. He had, I believe, thirty-three touchdowns, and he hit the thirty interception mark. And the perfect capper to his season. Uh, they lose this game to the Colts in overtime. The final play of the season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers: a walk-off overtime pick <laughs> six. Are you freaking kidding me, Jameis Winston? <laughs> like, of course he did. Of course. Yeah. Uh, of course. What else should I have expected? Yeah, uh, Shaquille, Shaquille Barrett, by the way, in that defense, had such a great year. Yeah, he did. Um, shout out to him. And, Ryan, I posed this question to you that I posed to one of my friends. So, I've been kind of under the thinking that franchise tag makes a lot of sense for Jameis this offseason. You know, that means you're yeah. going to give him one more year to figure out this Bruce Arians offense. And if he doesn't get it next year, you move on, no problem. And if he gets it, then, okay, we pony up, we do the extension, right? Right. Shaq Barrett, uh, I believe he ended up second in the NFL in sacks behind Chandler Jones. He's also due to be a free agent. What do you do if you don't reach a long-term deal with either guy? Which one are you tagging? That's that's a tough one. The young pass rusher who looks like he's going to be really good for you, although Barrett didn't do much his first few years. Right in Denver, yeah, no. He, he he had moments, he had flashes. Obviously, he was kind of behind a couple guys with Ware and Von Miller over there, so he didn't get all the opportunities. But he really didn't show a whole heck of a lot in Denver. And then you got Jameis, who goes thirty for thirty. And you don't know what the <laughs> heck he's going to do on any given day. I don't know. Like, who who would you rather have on your team? If you know you're going to have to lose one, which one are you letting go of? Uh, I think it – you know what? I'll, screw it. I'll go say Barrett. Yeah? I think Jameis, he is what he is at this point. And maybe it's time to go figure out. Well, listen, Bruce Arian says, like, uh, got asked a question. Like, uh, like, can you win with any other quarterback? He's like, yeah, we can win with any other quarterback than the one we got. Yeah, so, that was, he was he was scathing Jameis during that press conference. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, can, can, oh, can, can we win with another quarterback? He goes, well, we can win with this one. So, yeah, we can win <laughs> with another one. Yeah. Like, God bless you, Bruce Arians. Oh, man, yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah. I think you say Jameis is what he is. I don't know if he is. I think there's still untapped potential within Jameis. I don't think we really know what Jameis Winston is yet, which is unfortunate and weird for a guy who's in, you know, who's five years in at this point. You know what, Matt? You're right. I think he has. Uh, he there's still some potential there. Forty uh, forty touchdowns, thirty picks next year. Calling it. <laughs> Well, and one thing, I remember seeing a uh, preseason interview with Carson Palmer where Carson basically called it that, Paul, that that Jameis would have a lot of turnovers this year while also making some plays. And he said that, in for Palmer at least, in his second year, things really came a lot easier to him. Things started to click for Palmer in his second year with Bruce. So maybe one more year with Arians and things will click. Yeah, I mean, it's very possible that – 
grasping Arian system in one year is not possible that he needs another year. And he's still young. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's five years in, but guys come in so young these days. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Saints at Panthers, another NFC, uh, NFC South divisional game. Saints at, at Panthers. Saints. They won this game, but it didn't matter. They're the three seed. They win this one 42-10. We picked this game. All win with the Saints here, so no problem there. Then we had the Raiders at Buccaneers. Last game as the Oakland Raiders. That's still, that's weird. That is weird. That's kind of sad. You know, I never even thought about that on Sunday. That Sunday was the final game for the Oakland Raiders. Yep, now we got the Las Vegas Raiders. That's just as weird as getting used to as tw- the year 2020. <laughs> and so we all, we all went with, all, I believe I went with, was the only one that went with the Broncos. Uh, Peter put playoff Raiders. Uh, they needed a bunch of stuff. But, you know, a couple things did happen that if, thing, if you know, a couple teams that were ahead of them lose their games, there was a very realistic shot where Oakland could have gotten in. But, nope. Oakland uh, out of the playoffs, and they're now uh, getting ready for Las Vegas. Yeah, I remember we talked last week that like each individual thing that the Raiders need to have happened was pretty plausible. The yeah. odds of getting all of those things to happen, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, they're just astronomical. It, it's not going to happen. Next, we had the Eagles at Giants. The Eagles get this much-needed win to fend off the Cowboys. Because the Cowboys also won in big-time fashion over the Redskins. And so the Eagles, they're now moving on to the playoffs. The Cowboys are going home. The Eagles are going to be hosting the fifth-seeded Seahawks, who are 11-5. and Now, that's still weird because Seattle was also in contention for a one seed. Uh, they were out on the one seed, but they could have had, I think, the three. Well, I'm just saying that they, at one point this year, they were... They oh, had yeah. A, yeah, they could have had a one seed. It yeah. just goes to how, it just goes to show you how stacked the NFC is. Like you have all these teams that are thir- have 13, 12, 11 wins, and then you got the Eagles who dirt their way to nine and seven. <laughs> well, you know though, Ryan, it's funny you say that the NFC is stacked and loaded. I actually think the only game this weekend where I think there is a zero percent chance that the winner of that game is winning the Super Bowl. Is Seahawks and Eagles? Yeah, uh, I, I think every other game this weekend, I can cl- I can visualize a scenario where that team makes the run and, and wins the Super Bowl. You know, it's yeah. not likely for all of them, but I I can see it. It's possible. Uh, that's the one game where there's zero chance. Yeah. So knock out two birds with one stone. Eagles win. Dallas, they're going home. Still figuring out what to do. With Jason Garrett, talk a little bit about more when we talk about all this coaching turnover. Uh, Rams at Cardinals. Rams, a disappointing year for them. They finished off the Cardinals 31-24. Then we had the Jaguars 38-20 over the Colts. And the ja- so Jaguars, they get a win there. It looks like they're keeping Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell over there after reports that they weren't initially. And, you know, they got rid of Coughlin. And they're not going to ha- fill in his role. So, we'll see what uh, the Jags do this offseason. Yeah, which I'm not entirely sure what exactly Tom Coughlin's role actually was. <laughs> Me neither. Um, 
I know he was involved in decisions somehow or another, but whatever. I guess he was just kind of there, and they took orders from him sometimes. Uh, I I tell you what, they're a mess. I'm surprised they're keeping Marone. Um, Yeah, man, they they are in rough shape right now. Yep. Uh, looking then next game, Steelers or Ravens. We talked a little about that. 18 point win. It's it's always a good time to beat your rivals. It it, it always is. Yeah. Uh, take that, you stupid idiots. <laughs> you know what, man? I thought of a name for him, and it, it goes off Star Wars reference. Listen, we're all somewhat sort of sad about Star Wars, besides Mandalorian, but the Steelers are the dirt herders of the NFL. <laughs> I mean, Duck Hodges, Mason Rudolph, his pal James Washington. Got to get one last chemistry joke in here. They're done. <laughs> they failed the final exam. Uh, yeah, they do. Now they're going back home and trying to regain that chemistry by playing 2K. So, uh, yeah. So the Steelers end up losing to the Ravens. Next game, Titans at Texans. Uh, boy, uh, I was ex- so the Texans, uh, no J.J. Watt, although he's coming back for this wildcard game against the, the Bills. They sit DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Tunsil, Deshaun Watson. You got A.J. McCarron back there. You still have some players out there, Merciless, Cunningham, although some of them were taken off a little bit later. Tex- so the Titans, they win this one 9-7. I told you guys they aren't, they're allergic to everything but 9-7. <laughs> it was a given. Like, I think somebody pointed out on the Titans board, I think, for most of this decade, they were nine and seven. So what happened was you guys used to have Jeff Fisher, who was seven and nine. You yeah. get rid of him so you can improve by a couple games. There you go. Yeah, the, there, there you go. Hey, listen, and nine seven get get you a better chance into the playoffs than seven and nine. Hey, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's worked a couple times now. Yeah, and so big, and so Tannehill, AJ Brown, Derrick Henry. Uh, the spark plugs of this offense, they finish up with great seasons. And I I don't know if it's still the case, but at one point during the game, they showed A.J. Brown led the NFL in yards after catch, which Probably doesn't did. surprise me. Yeah. So, so, A.J., here's his case for rookie of the year. And I know Josh Jacobs is might get it, but we'll see. A.J., so he had finished first in receiving yards with over 1,000. He got rookies. that... Yeah, among rookies, he got that. Among rookies, first in receiving touchdowns with with eight, which that's good. Yeah. First, first in total touchdowns, which I'm assuming wide receivers, tight ends, uh, all the skill positions with nine. First in catches, uh, first in catches of forty plus yards with eight. And then here's the big one: he's the only rookie since 1970. With a thousand plus yards receiving and an average of twenty plus yards per reception. That say that say again. He's the only rookie since nineteen seventy with one thousand yard with one thousand yards plus receiving and averaging twenty plus yards per reception. Interesting. That is wild to think of. I'm and surprised you know, he's I, the only one. Oh, man. Like, I, I, I kind of would have thought, like, Randy Moss, you know? Like, that feels like a yeah. stat he would have had. But, I mean, 20-plus yards per reception, that's a ton. That is a ton. Like, that is among the league leaders. And then, of course, Derrick Henry. 
he got the rushing title th- for this year. Yeah, and I tell you, he did it in a statement way too. <laughs> With that last run that he broke to yep. take home that title, he uh, he said, "This is mine now, boys." Yeah, he passed Nick Chubb single-handedly that day, and yeah, I kind of fear like he's gonna break one. To, uh, he's gonna break a big one to break and get the rushing title, isn't he? Sure enough. Yep. Yeah, that's that's exactly what he did. Yep, and Tannehill, good season, seven and three as a starter, twenty-two touchdowns, five picks. I believe his completion percentage was seventy uh, something. But also, I believe these are the final stats. I might have to check them. But led, but was first in passer rating, and also first in yards per completion. Uh, I saw that he led the league in yards per attempt. By a full yard over the second place. That's which, crazy. Yeah, like I think it was like 9.3, which like, I've heard that if you hit like 8, you should expect to come down the following year. Yeah. Um, Because that's just kind of like an unsustainably high number. And he yeah. had like a full yard over that. <laughs> so, <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and it's weird. I, I don't know if I think that like, is Tannehill suddenly good or better than he was? Is this just a really long, really good hot streak? I don't know. But yeah. it, it has been quite the ride with Ryan Tannehill. He has been fantastic. Oh, man. It, uh, and, you know, good for him. And also, Mariota got some snaps in oh. this game. <laughs> uh, let me tell you something, Matt. Uh, Mariota looks rough. I, you know, yeah. Poor guy. I'm, and I'm not talking about his playing style. I mean, dude's... Ha- Hair and beard, like it's rough. Did he go like full Mark Sanchez? Did he go in like like depression mode, Mark Sanchez? <laughs> I guess like, so. The full like man bun and the you know the big well, beard. Well, not the man bun. Thank goodness for no, that. I, I did love the Mark Sanchez man bun. Well, I know Mark I, Sanchez apologist, and I, I absolutely love the Mark Sanchez man bun. I saw somebody put a comparison of the picture of him during this game when he was on the sidelines with all. With his hair and his beard, and compared to his uh, first interview when he got drafted, it's like Marcus Mariota got to where he is now, so we could get to that first picture where he's smiling and all that stuff. <laughs> this clean shaven, good looking guy. So, uh, it, yeah. Well, it, uh, the other night we turned on the uh, Grizzlies and, and Thunder game, and we saw Steven Adams. <laughs> and oh, man. I remember what he used to look like, so I showed Rebecca like a through the years kind of thing. <laughs> of Steven Adams, because I mean, he was very much yeah, a short haired, you know, yeah. well, you know, clean cut guy. And now you over here, you know, look like a knockoff Joe Kim Noah, <laughs> you know? And, uh, remember he had that creepy mustache. Yeah. That was, a, that was creepy. That was weird. I didn't, I didn't care for that very much, <laughs> but I, I do kind of like the knockoff Noah look for Steven Adams. Yeah, and I think we played in this game Tannehill at wide receiver when Mariota came in, kind of confused him. Well, but you Shana, know, he he's been a wide receiver before. It's his yeah. natural position. And you know what, Matt? You talk. I realize this. You talk about having a Heisman package. We had it. It was our starters with Mariota and Henry. I forget about that oh. sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I for, wow. I for, but do you have a third? That that's the real big thing. Mark Ingram, come over here. Hey, hey, whoa, you can have RG3. <laughs> no, no, you're not getting Mark Ingram. 
Oh, man. Hey, RG3, Tannehill, Mariota. Let's put them all in the same field. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I uh, I suspect nothing too great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't get your so- hopes up too high. <laughs> uh, then the last game, Sunday night game, 49ers and Seahawks. Of course, Marshawn Lynch was playing in this game. And, man, let me tell that crowd went nuts. I went nuts. Yeah. Like, it was insane. Yeah, they love that dude. Oh, man. Like, remember He's like a, a god weeks to ago, them. Well, remember a couple weeks ago when the Cardinals cut Terrell Suggs? Yeah. If Terrell Suggs would have came back to the Ravens, that's the kind of reaction it would have been. Yeah. Like, people would have gone nuts. Uh, I was pretty happy to see it for them. And I was I was happy for him. You know, he kind of left the first time on a little bit of bad terms, it felt like. You know, it, it's really nice to see him have one more round. Yeah, it is. And so, the 49ers, they get that big win. Of course, the uh, Seahawks kind of shot themselves in the foot there down late, get on the one-yard line, have a false start. And then you have almost a similar play to the Julio play a couple weeks back with Hollister. But the 49ers there, the big win at Seattle, they clinched a one seed. So they get home field throughout the NFC side of the bracket. Yeah, and and you know what? I think bigger than being at home for San Fran, it's more important they don't have to go to the Superdome. They don't have to go to Lambeau. Yeah. Like, I don't think of San Fran as being, like, a big advantage place. But the fact you don't have to go to those places, that's pretty big. That is big. So, guys, that wraps up week 17. So, season's what, what, done. What guys, Ryan? It's just me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm talking to the audience. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot they were here, too. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, so the season is done. We now move on to the next season. The biggest part of the season and the most important part of the season, the postseason. And we got some wild card matchups this weekend on Saturday and Sunday. And let's go right into it. So with what Peter has told us, we got our usual predictions for the playoffs but uh, for week to week. But then we got the super playoff predictor where we're picking the whole playoffs throughout. So... I, we'll go through that as well here briefly, but let's talk about some of these games here this weekend, Matt. Let's do. We got the Bills and the Texans as our first wild card game. So the Texans, of course, are getting J.J. Watt back. They're going to have all their usual characters there, Deshaun, Tunsil, Hopkins. They're all going to be playing. This is a big game for both these young quarterbacks with Allen and Deshaun. I think they got a little something to prove here, both of them too. Particularly Deshaun. Yeah, I yeah I think Deshaun. This is a big uh, spotlight moment for him because I think you expect him to show up in a game like this. More. Right, he's you been know? in so many big games. Yeah, and, and you know, last year the playoffs, the Texans laid an egg. They did that yeah. game against the Colts. The Texans really felt like they did not show up to play that day. So this is a big one for them, and you know, the Bills I think still have this like scrappy underdog perception to them. Mm-hmm. And I think Josh Allen doesn't really get that same kind of uh, respect that he that you know that a guy Deshaun gets right now. Um, I'm taking the Bills. Long live the Bills! I think that the the defense comes through in this one. I think the running game is going to be really good for the Bills in this one. I think Josh Allen can do just enough. 
Although, I tell you what, though, for the Ravens, I'm hoping the Texans win. Because I don't want to play the Bills, and I don't want to play the Titans. Oh, you don't want to play the Titans? I don't want to play the Titans. They are red hot right now. I don't want to... I, I, I told someone at work today, it feels weird, but for the Ravens' best chances to, make, to win the Super Bowl, I think it's to face the, the Texans and then the Patriots. And that's a weird, weird feeling. That is weird. Well, you know what, Matt? I'll bring this up. You know, if you're feeling a little bit, uh, feeling a little bit afraid of the Titans here, we'll we'll probably be seeking retribution from uh, our 2008 season. That's right. Yes, when we knock you guys out, I tell you what, my biggest memory from that game is two things. I believe there was an LJ Crumpler fumble. Yeah. But then the big the big thing that sticks to me from that game is just Chris Johnson in a coat standing on the yeah. sidelines. Because I think he hurt his ankle in that one. And, right. And, and see, seeing CJ2K just, like, on the sidelines, wrapped up in this coat cold, and, and the Ravens, like, taking control, and there's nothing he can do about it. Like, that's my, like, biggest memory of that game. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Oh, and, so, and happiness, too. I remember being happy. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. But, that, <laughs> but, I mean, hey, listen, that can come into the minds of – Maybe not the Titans players because they weren't around, but maybe a lot of the fans. Like, sure. you know, yeah, we're sit- we want to get revenge on what you guys did to us. We had this great player get 2,000 yards in the season, uh, rare thing. And then you have Lamar this time. Un- the un- It's undoubtful. It's crazy to, th- to think that anybody else is going to be MVP besides uh, him. Be. He, he, he should be unanimous, but he probably won't he be. He should. Yeah, they'll probably be a couple votes in for Mahomes or Russell. I, I, I think Russell gets a couple votes. Yeah. 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 It's so, so it's so hard for a guy to be unanimous. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a Steph Curry situation here. Well, even if, even when it is though, you always have one person who, you know, wants to break the tie for second place, so they'll vote for who they think should be second. Yeah. Because they know that, you know, it's like if you know, Mike Trout's gonna be first, well, you know what? I really want to see Miguel Cabrera get second. So we're going to give yeah. Miguel Cabrera one vote here. Yes, that's like a 2013 reference, but <laughs> Lord knows Miguel Cabrera is not winning second place in MVP anymore. No, he's not. Then the next AFC wildcard game, the nightcap with uh, the A-team of Nance and Romo. We get the Titans at Patriots. Now, Matt, some weather could play a factor into this game. Uh, so, really? I did not realize that. What kind of, yes. what kind of Tell me a meteorologist, McDaniel. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going that far, but apparently there's some talk of there being potentially uh, heavy rain down there coming there, and somebody mentioned snow as well. Ooh, that could play later on into the game. So, yeah. Who do you think bad weather benefits? Ooh. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, the defenses need to be be sure about tackling. Both of them do. Um, of course, the Patriots, I mean, they've been one of the best defenses in the league this year. But, like, I'm looking at their turnover differential. It was plus 17 in their first eight games. In the last eight games, it was plus four. A part of that is because of the four interceptions from the Cincinnati game from Andy Dalton. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But I think maybe it plays into the Titans' hands a little bit more. 
I kind of think it actually helps the Patriots if it's snowy and bad. Because yeah. I'm not sure how well Tannehill would react. That's fair. You it, know, it, I, I feel like Brady can still function in bad weather. Right. Uh, I'm not sure Tannehill can. I'm just having flashbacks of that snow game all those years ago at, at New England when we got blown out 59-0. to Yeah, and I don't think it'd be that bad. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, uh, man. Yeah, I do think that, that if there's bad weather, because also... We've seen it time and time again with the Patriots. That come postseason, they start running the football. You know, they start going to Sony Michelle. They go to LeGarrette Blount. They go to Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. We see it every single year where it comes this time. They get the run game going. So, I actually think bad weather would maybe play to the Patriots' favor. I think their guys just kind of would know how to deal with it better, especially Brady versus Tannehill on that one. Yeah. But that is an I- interesting note. For sure. That it, it is an interesting note. Uh, not Belichick. I'm looking at some comments that he had uh, after they played the Browns, which they had heavy rain in that game. Uh, talking about that they missed some tackles, and you're talking about how hard how hard it is to tackle when it's wet, and the guy you're ta- and the guy you're tackling is wet. Right. With a guy like Henry. Oh sure. That, yeah. That that's going to be rough. That's going to make it even harder to stop them. Yeah, I mean that would. Uh, it's hard enough to stop the guy. Yeah, but I will. So of course the Titans they beat the Patriots down last season, and the Patriots that Patriots team was arguably better than this one, them that we're looking at right now, I think. Yeah, I I mean yeah that that team made the Super Bowl and was a one seed. This team you know doesn't even have a bye. This team just this team just lost to the Dolphins. (laughs) Yeah, they're (laughs) playing. And they're playing in their first wild card game since two thousand nine, which that's an incredible stat. And they've made it the playoffs is. every year since then. Yeah. It's not like they missed it some of those years. No. They've been in every single year. Uh, with Vrabel, of course, former Patriot player, one of the key things I think here is uh, a couple key things. One, with the Titans personnel, I think they have a better bunch of personnel right now than the Patriots. Although the Patriots, they'll kill you on intangibles. But yeah. also... With Vrabel, he was in that system for a long time. He knows how Belichick games plan and uh, game plans. He knows what he thinks about certain situations. And of course, there's a whole thing about the Patriots, you know, taking away what you do best. And I think with Vrabel, who who was on that defense and understood that as well as anybody as well as anybody did, that he understands that they need to take away what the Patriots do best. Well, what did the Patriots do best? They find they go and find Edelman, and they go and find James White. And from my knowledge, that's pretty much been it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, no tight end to worry about. They ha- Nikhil Harry hasn't progressed as much as they'd hoped. Nah, there's been the occasional Dorsett or Jacoby Myers deep play, but very yeah. occasional. Uh, Muhammad Sanu, he may have made an appearance at the New Year's Eve ball dropping last night. I don't know. <laughs> he hasn't done well for them since they acquired him. No, he's he's been a piece, but nothing crazy. Yeah. But here's another thing that's that's intriguing to me. So, the Titans, they've run more 12 and 13 personnel than a lot of teams in the league. I think more than any every team. 
And one of the big things that I was I looked into is that the Patriots are not good against are against twelve and thirteen personnel groupings. Well, that's interesting. That is interesting, especially when you have a guy like Johnu Smith who's come on here. Yeah, which, I've always liked Johnu. Which I don't know. You may you not notice, Matt, but we put him in the backfield sometimes and run toss sweeps with him. Hey, I'm all for it. Heck yeah! And like the the first time we did it. I didn't even notice, and this is a testament to how much of a freak Henry is. I thought it was just Henry in the backfield. <laughs> well, that's true. It's really not much of a changeup, I guess. Because they're actually yeah. pretty similar-looking guys. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's just Henry. You're like, no, I, that's how you want. We were, did we just run a toss sweep with our tight end? <laughs> and I'm like, are we, what are we doing here? Is Kyle Shanahan now the offensive coordinator here or something? I don't know. But, yeah, this is... Interesting. The Patriots allow greater success groups at 12 and 13 personnel grouping than any other grouping, which th- that's interesting. And since they played your Ravens, Matt, right? Against 13 personnel passes, the Patriots have allowed seven yards per pass, three touchdowns, and a 137 rating. That's not good. That's not good. That, that's not what you want to see if you're the defense there. And the Titans have had three tight end plays, at least 11 snaps in every game this season. And if this game is going to have heavy rain with and bad weather conditions... You'd expect more of those personnels, more jumbo packages. Yeah, more jumbo packages, maybe more putting Jonu in the backfield, maybe more putting him at fullback, getting creative there. And then, of course, you got AJ, who's this big, strong-bodied wide receiver. He's had this amazing year. And then you got Corey Davis on the outside too, which Corey Davis has actually done pretty well in the couple times he's played the Patriots. Well, the big... Which, oh, go on, Ryan. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, one of the big things that I uh, kind of thought as far as the matchup, and I think what you kind of said there really is a deeper dive into this note, is that, you know, you mentioned making you play left-handed. Well, like the way that the Patriots do that right now is literally just saying, Stefan Gilmore, take away the number one receiver. Right. And I think you mentioned, you know, those jumbo packages, right? The 23s and then the 12s. You know, those packages are your bigger packages. Mm-hmm. And that limits the impact that Stefan Gilmore can have. Yeah, it does. And it's weird to think of a game plan for an offense of trying to take away a defender. But game playing that way takes away the best defender on the team. And, yeah, it does. And, and it makes him a little bit more useless. So if you can limit the impact of Stefan Gilmore on the defensive side of things, I think that opens up the offense a ton. And that's that's it why does. I think the Ravens and the, the Titans and even the Bills are all three teams that can absolutely be the team that knocks out the Patriots this season. Yeah. And, yeah, so I could see – I don't know who Stefan Gilmore would guard, whether it's Corey I, or AJ. I think it would either be AJ or he wouldn't shadow. Yeah. You know, there, there have been times this year where he doesn't shadow anyone. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me to see be one of those games where he just kind of picks a side and takes it. Yeah, I think I could see a scenario where he takes one of the wide receivers and then they double the other. But yeah, and that's been a lot of what they've done. They've done a yeah. lot of that, where where Stefan takes one, they double the other. Okay, now what else you got for him? Yep. You know, and which we're I- going to trust everybody else for everything else then. Then I think this the key X factor. It's going to be Janu. I think it is. Yeah, Janu and Delaney. You know. Uh, well, De- Delaney hasn't played. I think. I is think Delaney out. 
Yeah, he's out. He's oh yeah. Well, we've sense. gone with him. Oh, we we've gone Johnu, Michael Pruitt, who caught the touchdown last week in, against the Texans, and then Anthony Ferkser. And so we're going with those guys, and they and those two have been serviceable enough. And then Johnu has really come on. The which Johnu well, every time Johnu Smith gets an opportunity, he plays well. Yeah, and the They're, dude's fast. Yeah, I I think if Delaney Walker leaves the Titans. Johnny would instantly become like my favorite fantasy sleeper. Yeah, like, I think there's so I many really, ways you can use him. I really like Johnny Smith. And I think he's going to be an X Factor. You know what? That leads me to this prediction. You know what? Screw it. I'm tying up. Well, and you know, it's not, it's not a screw it tied up. Like, there's a lot of really good reasons they can win this game. Yeah. It's not a I'm, blind, you know, it's not when you're blind Tennessee volunteer picks where you know they <laughs> suck and they're probably going to lose, but oh, I'm a Titans fan. No, like, this is a really good pick. I am going to go Patriots here. Right. But I tell you what, it's really the only reason I'm going Patriots. It's in Foxborough. Right. It's so hard to visualize them losing the first round. Like, it is is so hard to see that. But I tell you what, though, if there's a team that's built and ready to go into New England, this is the kind of team that can do it. Yep. I I would not be surprised at all. This is really – I. I, I was talking to one of my buddies who put like a twenty dollar bet on this game, and I'm like, I tell you what, I would not have the confidence to do that. <laughs> I think the Patriots are only four and a half point favorites. I'm surprised it's even that much, really. So yeah, but so this game's taking place sun, Saturday night. Then, then the NFC, the two Sunday games, the Vikings at Saints. Now uh, you've Ooh. been on your Vi- you've been on your Vikings this year. And they've done well. They, they have. They, they ended up with the sixth seed. And, and they started slow. You know, they, they, yeah. they started out a little bit rough. Kirk had a really rough first four weeks. But they really turned things on. And I'm really proud of my Vikings. And, man, this game, that's a tough, that's a tough, that's a tough first round draw. It is. Because <laughs> the New Orleans Saints, man, that's a team. They're good enough to be the one seed, you know. They are. Yeah, and it's an interesting matchup. You know, the Vikings secondary hasn't been that great lately. I'm a little bit no. worried about that. Um, you know, the Saints have just been on a tear. I gotta go Saints. I, I I mean I got to as well. I but I think I think this will be a good game to watch. Good early Sunday afternoon football to watch. Yeah, but, and yeah. you know what? It, either way, this game goes. Uh, it would not surprise me to see this team. The, whatever team comes out of this, I think has the best chance out of any wild card weekend winner to make the run. I, like that's pop, yeah. I, I think in general, the wild card weekend game isn't going to be making the run to the Super Bowl. Uh, if there's any team that wins this weekend, it's the winner of this game. I think that can win the next one. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know, Matt. It's tough for me to see to be in a world where we can see Kirk Cousins playing in the Super Bowl. Well, and that's the thing, though, right? Like that, that's the thing. Like, can Kirk really win? And that, he's very lucky. Hey, this is a day game. This is not a night game. Yeah. You know, so he's got yeah. that going for him. But like, man, can Kirk Cousins really win a playoff game in New Orleans? I don't think so. I I love the Vikings. I love Kirk. I just have a hard time seeing that one. Me too, yeah. And like you said, the Saints have just been so dominant here. It's tough. Yeah. Then, 
So then we got the Seahawks and Eagles uh, as the nightcapper. And uh, guys, for the for the Eagles, I think th- this is where they stop. The Seahawks win this one. I th- easy. Easy. Easy, you say. I think so. I, I think what so. What gives I, you so much confidence in the Seattle Seahawks? Well, listen, the Seahawks are the better team. I mean, we're not questioning that, are we? Uh, if the Eagles were healthy, I would definitely think the Eagles are the better team. Yeah. But the Eagles uh, haven't uh, been healthy in about two months. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's where I'm really having some pause with this game. Like, I really want to pick the Eagles, and I think I will take the Eagles. Well, you know, ah, I, well, I'll tell you what. They could sign either three of us to uh, to the roster for wide receivers, well, and they'll take it. I'm a little too chubby. I'd have to be a tight end, but they would also, <laughs> but they would still sign me at this moment because Zach Ertz is out, right? Yeah. Well, you know what. And, you say that. Well, I saw in the Wisconsin Oregon game, there's a player who had the last name Mormon. What? Although it was different spelling. Oh, okay. Is there, I, was there an H in there? No, the, there's another O. Another O? Yeah. Okay. Take out. Uh, yeah. No, uh, no two N's, just one N, but uh, two O's. Well, so there used to be. So my brother's name is Brian Mormon. And uh, there used to be a punter for the Bills whose name was Brian Mormon. And that's how it was spelled. <laughs> Yeah, I re- I remember him. Yeah, he was very good. He was excellent. He made the family very proud. <laughs> and uh, anytime I would create a player on Madden, you know how like they introduced the uh, create a rookie. Yeah. So I would spell my name like his, so that way the announcers would actually say it, like in the game. <laughs> there you go. Because if I spelled it my way, they wouldn't recognize the spelling. They wouldn't say it. They'd just say like, number fifty-two. But if I spelled it like him, they would say Mormon. You know, with the interception, Mormon with the sack, all that good stuff. Yeah. So, very proud family member, though, uh, Brian Mormon. What a, what a player he was. Yeah, there you uh, go. All, all of that being a long-winded way of saying, I am going to take the Philadelphia Eagles in this game, and I don't Whoa. feel good about it. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, though, Ryan. Like, listen, I think the winner of the Saints and Vikings has the best chance yeah. of making the run. I think the winner of this game is dead on, on arrival. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, whether it's Seahawks or Eagles, either one heads to San Fran or Green Bay, that's as good as a bye week. I, I really yeah. think that there's a... And you know what? The, the Seahawks did just take the, the 49ers to the limit. But yeah. I just have a hard time seeing them be able to do it again. I mean, the Seahawks did beat the 49ers at their place. They did, but that was with running backs, you know? <laughs> and I love Marshawn Lynch. Like, he is one of my favorite football players of all time. I nicknamed my car Beast Mode. Yeah, but he's fifty. <laughs> I mean, know? you know what? Another good point here. We can go there as running backs. Let's go. Hey, yeah, uh, we we can we can play at both both sides here. We could be pass catchers for the Eagles, and we could be running backs for the Seahawks. Oh man, oh, we're good. I think the Eagles will wear us more out because they need the receivers. Yeah, I don't know. So, I just yeah, I don't feel good about that game either way, and I don't think either team has any life. I don't think so. Yeah. I, but I think, and this is where we're going to get into uh, the super playoff predictor, as Peter put it. So, of course, taking all of our predictions to account for the, the wild card slate, take a look at the divisional slate because, of course, the Chiefs and Ravens got the AFC buys, and then the Packers and 49ers got the NFC buys. And so, 
my scenario, I got the Chiefs defeating the Texans. I got your Ravens beating my Titans. I think it that's where it ends. I'm fine with it. You know, good season. I mean, it, we didn't know who was going to be our quarterback, and now we may have some slight implication as maybe we know. I don't know. Then we then Seahawks. I got them defeating the Packers, going to on the road at Lambeau and defeating them. And then I got the 49ers defeating the Saints. Uh, or yeah, or yeah, that's right. I I I kind of checked and see if that was divisional championship. So yeah, 49ers defeating the Saints, and that sets us up for a Ravens Chiefs matchup in the AFC Championship. That'll be fun. And then I got us round three of 49ers and Seahawks in the NFC Championship. But I got the Ravens Chiefs. I, I think uh, you guys have a uh, – I think you guys have something wrong here. There's no way that? the Saints and 49ers can play in the second round. Hold on. I may be looking at the – yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so it would be the Seahawks. It would be the, it would be the Seahawks, right? I yeah. forget – yeah. I forgot about that. Because the, so, the NFL does, uh, doesn't have a bracket. It recedes. Right. I forgot about that. So, scratch that. So, so Peter think, Lewis is also jacked up over here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, like, he has the Ravens and, and Patriots. That also would not happen in the uh, divisional round. Yeah. So, instead of that, I got the Saints and the pa- over the Packers. So uh, I I I can see that happening. The Saints go on the road at Lambeau, defeating them. Forty uh, Niners and Seahawks. I think the Forty Niners come up on top in that one. Uh, still AFC Ravens over the Chiefs. Sorry, Rebecca. Uh, I, I know that day in the household will be very great. Uh, oh probably. boy, yeah, that's that's <sighs> one that would be. Yikes! If we play each other in the AFC Championship, I might have to go to my friend's house because oh uh, boy, yeah, uh, yeah, don't need to be in the same room. W- winner has to sleep on the couch. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, then 49ers and Saints. It's at San Francisco. You know, give me the 49ers there. So I believe that sets us up for Ravens and 49ers Part Two. And Matt, you'll be very pleased here. I got your Ravens winning. Hey, you know what? All all is right in history that way. You know that's the way it should be. That's the way God intended it. Uh, it'd be a great <laughs> way to start the decade. You know. Oh yeah. yeah it, w- it would not be a har- it would not be a Harbaugh bowl, bowl, but that's okay. You know. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. But yeah. So I feel like I Kyle Shanahan was a lot of khakis though. I feel like it's still kind of a khaki battle. Yeah. Oh man. I think Jim needs to talk John Harbaugh into wearing some khakis out. Does, does John Harbaugh wear khakis oh, all that much? Uh, not as much, but he wears a fair amount, fair share of khakis on his own there. He, he's definitely not afraid of the khakis. All right, then we need to get Jim Harbaugh to talk him into it. So, you, you got, so you got the Ravens, obviously. I mean, of course. But yeah, it, I had a really hard time choosing the... I had a really hard time choosing the Saints and Packers game that I think is going to be next week. I ended up going Saints there, and I had a really hard time choosing between Saints 49ers. I ended up going Saints there as well with the Saints falling to the Ravens and just continuing the New Orleans Saints heartbreaks in the playoffs. 
uh, with Lamar. Yeah, well, listen. It's so weird and so terrifying for me to be predicting the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. And and knock on wood, I've only ever predicted the Ravens to win the Super Bowl one other time. Mm. It happened. There you go. That's a good track record. I, I, I am one for one. Like, whenever we go into the postseason and I actually pick the Ravens to win, it has come to fruition. Um, there you go. We'll see. You know, I I'm I'm believing this year. I rarely ever do pick that t- pick the Ravens to actually win the whole shebang. But you know what though, we're that hot team. You know, and every year there is that hot trendy team. You know, it, it was the Chiefs, it was the Falcons, it was the Eagles, and typically that team doesn't win. Yeah. You know, typically that team flames out at some point. Um, the Eagles did win. Yeah. But, but typically that, that team does flame out and fall apart. Um, we'll see. i tell you what, though. The one thing I really, really am hoping above all else, and I don't consider myself to be a Patriots hater. Um, I don't really mind the Patriots. You know, I think Tom Brady's fantastic. I really, you know, I enjoy watching Tom Brady pick apart defenses as long as it's not my defense. Right. Um, it would be a shame. If we get to the Super Bowl and it's the Patriots representing the AFC, it would. It, it, you know, it would be a shame if it's the, the Titans. Also, by the way, Ryan, because the NFL needs this, and, and the Bills, I think too. The NFL in, in America deserve to have Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, or Deshaun Watson be in that Super Bowl this year. Well, listen, Matt, you're forgetting this. If the Titans make the Super Bowl, Tannehill can win a Super Bowl in Miami. <laughs> Oh, uh, the boyhood dream could come true. <laughs> and you know what? I want Adam Gay sitting front row watching it happen. <laughs> oh man, he wouldn't even watch the game. He would just—he's—he'd <laughs> be at home, just counting his money and crying. <laughs> oh, but but hey, listen. I know somebody who'll be happy at the time to get to the Super Bowl besides me. Uh, Thanos. Oh, sure. Cause he's a Titan. Yeah, we love Thanos over here at Five Seven Three Productions, don't we? Oh I yeah, mean, we're we're big Thanos guys. I mean, I, there was that one time he did snap snap half the universe out of existence, so that's a problem. Uh, but there was that one time Peter did, snapped you out of existence. So, <laughs> and speaking of, we will be rating the uh, top comic book movies of the decade over on the hey! podcast here pretty soon. Yeah, there we go. Nice little plug there. We are going to be doing that. I told you guys we got. Plenty of pods coming out in the new year. Uh, and we got some on entertainment. I believe uh, we're recording this on Wednesday night. Matt, and Matt, you and Peter are going to be doing your own Rise of Skywalker uh, discussion. We are. Which, if, uh, if you guys listen to the latest episode of our Mandalorian recap, we got a dose of it. It's amazing. <laughs> I really... but I just... I don't like being dark side. I don't like not liking things. I would much rather like things than not like things. Same. And you know what? I, I It's been a couple weeks now. We were a little more detached from it. I'm a little less angry now. I've kind of accepted a little more. Um, I still don't particularly care for it. Yeah. yeah. But besides that, like you said, we're going to be talking about our favorite comic book films of the decade, I yeah, believe. Yeah, that's going to be great. 
yeah, that's going to be great fun. I believe we're doing doing that taping on Friday night. So, yeah, that's going to be fun to talk about. And, of course, in this past decade, it was really when the comic book genre kind of took off. Yeah, I mean, if, if we also did a top ten comic book movies list, I am not sure any of mine would be different. Yeah. Oh, man. But that's going to be so much fun, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, but thank you for mentioning the plug there, Matt. Yeah, hey, uh, Getting I, that plugged I, I, in. I'm a company man. You know? Yeah, there you go. Oh, Back yeah, to we're, some not, more we're not done with this podcast, are we? We still have uh, mm-hmm. coaches to talk about. Yeah, we still got coaches to talk about. We got some stuff to talk about. And you know what? Let's talk about the one coach that has been hired right now, and that is, of course, the Redskins getting Ron Rivera on a five-year deal. What a, what and a, also, and also he's bringing Jack Del Rio with him as his defensive coordinator. Which, that's a lot of fun. I, I have always kind of liked Jack Del Rio. Uh, I, I, I enjoy him. I think he's a pretty good coach. I think he's pretty underrated. I thought he actually was pretty good in Oakland. Kind of yeah. got an unfair shake on things over there. So, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what Del Rio can do in Washington with Ron Rivera. Um, I think Rivera, I think the heck out of him. I think he's such a great coach. I think every once in a while he, he makes dumb in-game decisions. But I think right. he's a yeah. really, really good coach to run your organization. And also, by yeah. the way, they got Bruce Allen out of there, so... Hopefully yeah. the Redskins can finally be a bit more of a cohesive uh, franchise for a change. Yeah, and they got the number two pick. I know Rivera, Rivera and Del Rio are happy they're going to they're going to get the chance to get Chase Young. Yeah, most likely. Two. You know, especially you know they've got Burrow, so you're not. Or I'm sorry, they've got Haskins, so you're not considering quarterback. Right. So yeah, I mean, all indications point toward Chase Young. Yeah, which. Uh, some indications have said that he might be the best player in the draft, which, I mean, uh, the Bengals, like do need a quarterback, but Chase Young, you get, to get him, and pair him with Montez Sweat, who they drafted last year, uh, good on them. They got saw, I think they're switching to the 4-3-2 because of Del Rio. Mm, makes sense. So, yeah, so you got some players there. Uh, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Kerrigan's still yeah, there. Yeah, Ryan Kerrigan's still there. Uh, he's been there forever now, it feels like. So, but. yeah. I, I tell you what, the Redskins, good move on their part, getting uh, Rivera. Yeah. Good on them. Uh, so, let's talk about some of these other coaches that we're still not sure about. Let's talk about Dallas real quick with Jason yeah, Garrett. Yeah, you got to go to the big one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Jason Garrett, we still do not know if he's going to be the head coach of the Cowboys in 2020 or not. They've already had a couple meetings. They're set to have a, another one here soon. And, Matt, you were telling me pre-show, you feel like this is m- more telling that he might be coming back. Yeah. Okay, so he, he's still under contract. His, his contract expires at the end of the year, uh, at the end of the season. I think it's January, like, 14th his contract ends, which I yeah. think that's a weird ending date because, like, what if you make the Super Bowl? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's got to be a clause in there that it would have, like, extended for another four weeks. Like, there had to be something, because that's a weird ending date. But, yeah, like, can you imagine, you're, like, the AFC, or the NFC Championship, and all of a sudden, oh, shoot, well, Jason Garrett decided he didn't want to come back, so, all right, you know, Rod Melinelli, here you go, bud, good luck. <laughs> like, okay. But, uh, I, I think if they weren't going to bring him back, don't you just fire him and start your search? 
Yeah. Like, at this point, I don't know all the ins and outs of the contract, but at this point in time, because a lot of times when you fire somebody, there's some kind of a kickback payment. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't imagine Jerry Jones is that cheap to wait two weeks. Because at this point, it's got to be a minimal kickback. Like, it can't be much at this point to fire him. And, and start your search, bring in who you want to talk to and look at. Like, it, it feels to me like they're negotiating a new contract. Yeah. Like if you're it not, does. if you aren't bringing him back, I feel like we would know by now. Yeah, I, un, un, yeah, un, I think we would. The only, uh, the only other caveat here is maybe Garrett doesn't want to return. That's that. That could be true too. You know, maybe he's had enough of Jerry's crap, and because also, you know, when you're head coach of the Cowboys, you do feel a little powerless. I feel like, you yeah. know, as far as personnel decisions are concerned, it, you're you are playing in Jerry's play, you know, sandbox. Yep. And it's Jerry's rules, and Jerry brings the toys, and you have to play with Jerry's toys. Um, maybe Jason Garrett's kind of had enough of that. He's been the head coach there for a while now. Yeah. Uh, he got hired the same year, I believe the same year as Harbaugh, because I remember that, the Ravens originally wanted Jason Garrett. That's so insane. Um, so he's been, the, he's been there for a long time now, so maybe he's seen these other jobs open up, and he's thinking, hey, you know, maybe I want to go to Cleveland. Maybe I want to go to the Giants. Yeah. And maybe Jerry doesn't, or, or uh, Jason Garrett doesn't want to come back. Yeah, that that could also be true. I mean, I don't blame him either. Like you said, he's really he he doesn't really have control of anything over there. Yeah, it's so, Jerry. I don't know. I, I do think Jerry wants him to come back, and I've kind of held strong. I think he will be back, even though I don't think that's the right decision. I think Jerry would. I just think Jerry would bring him back. They have a strong relationship there. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think Jason Garrett will be head coach of the Dallas Cowboys in 2020. I kind of think so too. Uh, they, they, I mean, they probably, they probably should have done it right, right now or either a year ago. Oh, I think, a, I think a year ago. Well, maybe not a year because last year they were, they were in the playoffs last year. Um, but there have been plenty of chances for the Cowboys yeah. to fire Jason Garrett and they never well, have. Well, listen, like my Titans, the Cowboys are, are really almost allergic to anything but 8-8. Eight and eight. <laughs> Oh, I should say Jason Garrett, though, but yeah. Uh, let's talk about some of these other teams. Uh, the Panthers, they're looking for a new coach. Uh, they're, they've talked, I believe they talked to McCarthy already. Yeah, they've talked to Mike my- McCarthy. I haven't seen any others that they've talked to yet, but... Uh... Yeah, I think, I think uh, so. I think the Chiefs' offensive coordinator Benemi is that right? I don't remember exactly what his name is. I, that I sounds think right. That's who, I think that's who it is. And uh, Baylor coach Matt Rule, which uh, I think there's some connection there. I be, or it's connection to the Giants rather, where I think he was the offensive line coach there in the early 2010s. Oh, that's interesting. They had a very good offensive line at that time, too. Yeah, and so he's a target for both those jobs. And, of course, he's turned around Baylor. Or a couple of years ago, they were 1-11. Now they're playing in the in the Sugar Bowl. And they played in the Big 12 Championship. And so he's got that program going strong. Uh, he pulled himself out of the Cleveland Browns job. Uh, which, I mean, why wouldn't you at this point? <laughs> but yeah, so the Panthers they're they've look they're looking at Matt Rule, looking at McCarthy, looking at Benemi. 
Then the Browns. So the Browns are they're looking at Josh McDaniels, Mike McCarthy, Greg Roman, who you're very familiar with. Yeah, and I think Greg Roman may very well end up with a job. Uh, let's see, Robert Sala, who's the defense coordinator over at San Francisco. Brian Dabble. So, they're looking at some of these guys. And, by the way, the, the the Browns, I think, made a big mistake. They fired John Dorsey, the general manager. I, I think that's a big mistake. I think John Dorsey's very, very good. Um, you know, a bad hire with, with, with Kitchens. You know, yeah. and that happens, and that'll cost you your job sometimes, and this is one of those times. But yeah. uh, I think he's a very good player evaluator. Uh, those fr- the freaking Haslam's. Yeah, and, and like if you're if you're one of these young coaches, would you really want to go to Cleveland? Like they seem so impatient and so unorganized. Mm-hmm. Like what what's the incentive to go to the Browns? You're gonna get, you might get fired after a year. You know, you might be the new Rod Chudzinski, who's like a good coordinator. You know, he's kind of <laughs> the exciting one at the time. Gets hired by the Browns, one year fired, and I don't even know where he's at now. Uh, yeah, you know, so I don't think the Browns' job is very att- like. If I was ranking the openings, as far as like what's the most attractive job opening, the Browns have yeah. to be like third or fourth on the list at best. There's talent there, and if you can get it right, that's great. But the organization is just so unorganized. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Then let's talk about the Giants here. They're looking at Matt Rule. They're looking at Benemi, Josh McDaniels, uh, uh, Don Martindale. Yeah, right? Wink. Yeah. Uh, Chris Richard, who's over at Dallas, and uh, McCarthy as well. So you know, McCarthy's in talk, uh, been talking to three of those teams. I believe the Giants also requested to interview uh, the Patriots special teams coach. Don't know who, what his name is, but... Hey, listen, the Ravens have had very su- uh, very successful seasons with the special teams coach. Heck yeah, man. one, right? You're darn right. <laughs> so, I'd say, you know what? I'm looking at a bunch of names that are on the offense side of the ball, and I, po- I pointed out a couple weeks ago talking about this, or maybe it was last week, when we were talking about whether Shermer was going to get fired. Do you, do you go after another offensive mind or a defensive mind? Well, a lot of these guys... Bearing uh, Marndale and Richard, I don't know what Matt Rule's under. Maybe if it's offensive line, maybe more so on the offensive side. There's a lot of offensive-minded people here. And, of course, McDaniels and McCarthy, of course. I think Mike McCarthy's going to get one of these jobs. I I agree. I think McCarthy's going to end up somewhere. Carolina kind of feels most likely at the moment, but I think McCarthy would be a great fit in Cleveland, though. Like, oh, yeah, I, I do think he's a he's a guy being a veteran guy that, you know, because really we've seen the Browns go through so many head coaches, but it feels like none of them have been established beforehand. Mm-hmm. So maybe they should actually give a guy like that a shot and stick with him, and maybe they would have more patience with a guy like McCarthy, yeah, as opposed to a first year guy, yeah. And they they just they feel like they need a grown up at head coach. You know, they, yeah. they have tried the hot coordinator so many times and it's never worked out. It, they no. they need a they need a grizzled veteran to straighten that team out. Yeah, somebody who has been there time and time again 
And who knows what stability in an organization looks like? Well, you know what it can look like is what Greg Williams had going for it a couple years ago. Yeah. You yeah. know, like he's, a, you know, maybe not necessarily a veteran head coach, but Greg Williams is a veteran coach. He's been around for a while now. Yeah. And he had that team playing the best we've seen a Cleveland Browns team play in this decade. Or last decade, I guess. Yeah, that's true. So, I guess, uh, I believe that's all the coaching openings and talks that we have. So, Matt, we're now moving on to your favorite portion, college football. I think this is where I say uh, I bid my adieu there, Ryan. I think this is where I say goodbye. You go ahead and just take the rest of the way. What if I told you we're going to talk about Herm here in a second? Well, then I might stick around for about 10 more minutes. But, <laughs> like, let, let's, let's roll. Let's, let's rapid fire these exhibition games. No one really cares. All right, so let's so we had the Gasparilla Bowl, UCF versus Marshall. UCF, we all got that right, forty-eight to twenty-five. Hawaii and BYU, this was a shootout. In fact, Peter worked this game, and the first half he said took forever. And Hawaii ends up uh, winning that one, thirty-eight to thirty-four, basically a home game. Matt, Miami got shut out. The U. Yeah, by Louisiana Tech, fourteen to nothing. Really, Louisiana Tech, good for them. That is uh, Rebecca's mom's alma mater. Yeah, and that's good dad, on us. I'm trying to remember if her dad went there too. It might be both of her parents, actually. Well, good on all three of us. We all picked Louisiana Tech. Hey, there we go. Yeah, we're not going to talk about these college picks though. We're gonna, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna just scooch these aside because there's a really bad one in there for me. Yeah. Quick lane bowl, Pitt versus Eastern Michigan. Talk about team. Uh, we we talked about Pitt and them derping. Well, they didn't derp away this one. They won, uh, thirty-four to thirty over Eastern Michigan. North Carolina versus Temple. Mac Brown and the Tar Heels smacked Temple, fifty-five to thirteen. So we, you and me, both got that right. Peter picked Temple. Uh, so there's that. Next game, the Pinstripe Bowl held at Yankee Stadium. Wake Forest versus Michigan State. You're the only one to get that one right. You're doing right, I did. Yep, 27-21 Michigan State wins that one. The Texas Bowl takes A&M versus 25 Oklahoma State. We, Me and Peter both picked A&M, and A&M wins that one by 324-21. They, they, they had a number by their name. Yeah, uh, yeah. Listen, it, I don't. I don't fault you ever for going by that logic. It works I mean, more it, than it doesn't. That's true. It it works more than it doesn't. So, the next game. Let's take a look at it. USC twenty two USC versus sixteen Iowa in the Holiday Bowl, and uh, boy USC got spanked in this one, really bad. Forty nine to twenty four. That's not what you want if you're USC. Nope. Then the Cheez Its Bowl. We miss an opportunity for Mike Leach to get bathed in Cheez-Its after he wins this game. Like, what the heck? I thought Washington State was good. I guess not. I, I guess Air Force was 10 points better. Oh. Man. They, they really... Hey, they screwed away that opportunity, but we got another game where it makes up for that. Notre Dame, 50 Notre Dame versus Iowa State in the Camping World Bowl. Notre Dame wins that one 33-9. to uh, first responders bowl, Western Kentucky versus Western Michigan. Western Kentucky won this one. 
I should I should have picked him. I live in Western Kentucky. I should have. Can I change that pick? Can we, can we go? I mean, I, I'm gonna have zero. So can we just? <laughs> Uh, so, Western Kentucky, they won that one by three. Uh, Music City Bowl, Louisville versus Mississippi State. And you know what? This is a game Tennessee was supposed to be in. I looked at the crowd during this game. The crowd sucked. So, Louisville, they beat Mississippi State 35-28. to I thought what, Louisville looked solid going down the stretch here. They're in five and uh, with Scott Satterfield, first year head coach there after coaching at Appalachian State. So good on him. Uh, the Redbacks, well, Redbacks Bowl, California versus Illinois. Lovey lost. Oh, Lovey. 35 to 20. Uh, well, he lost the double digits. He knows what that's like. Oh. Uh, Bel- the Belk Bowl, Kentucky versus Virginia Tech. You were the only one to get this one right. Kentucky You're wins. You're darn right but- I did. I believe yeah. in Lynn Bowden. Yeah, he's going to go on to the NFL. I believe after this, so uh, go back, go be... go back to playing receiver, kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe Randall Cobb. I think he played in high school wide receiver quarterback, and this dude did too. So hey, there you go. Yeah, hey, listen, if he can have a good career like Randall Cobb did when he was with the Packers, hey, good on him. Um, next one. This is the one we're here for. Sun Bowl, Arizona State versus Florida State. Matt, Arizona State. Their defense for six turnovers in this game. I mean, are you surprised? They're a Herm Edwards coach defense. Everyone knows they're gonna be full of ball hawks. Exactly. They know and they know how to force turnovers. They win twenty to fourteen. Heck yeah, and they Herm did. Gets a frosted flakes bath. That because baby it's the Tony it, it's it's the frost it's the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. How stupid happened, is it that the Sun Bowl? I feel like that's one that actually like <laughs> I feel like that's what I've heard of before. And now yeah. it's sponsored by Tony the Tiger. Not even Kellogg's. Just <laughs> Tony the Tiger. They couldn't even get the whole company. Yeah. I I, got, I sat around and laughed at, at that one. About it. It's like, it, These bulls are so dumb. But you know what? At least we got to see Herm get bathed in Frosted Flakes after he won. Yeah, and that's great. Like, that that's fantastic. I'm going to cherish that for the rest of my life. But uh, Plus Herm. Uh, that's, this is going to be the last time we're going to get to talk about Herm this season. That's true. I will miss Herm. I'm looking forward to uh, next year when he goes out there and has a powered house team and makes the playoffs. That's going to be great. Yeah. Oh, man. I, playoff Herm Edwards. That's something we haven't seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even in the NFL, we haven't seen it in a long time. <laughs> oh. uh, the Liberty Bowl held at Memphis, 23 Navy versus Kansas State. Navy wins this one by 3, 20-17. Arizona, the Arizona Bowl, Wyoming versus Georgia State, a team that I know a little bit all too well. Uh, <laughs> Wyoming, Wyoming wins that one. They killed Georgia State 38-17. Now, why is Arizona not in the Arizona Bowl? That's a good question. Like... Come on. Come on. I mean, listen, if Hawaii gets the Hawaii Bowl. Or, like, if Arizona Arizona didn't make a bowl, I don't know if they did or not. Like, okay, then have Arizona State in there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Better better than sitting home with Tony the Tiger. (laughs) Freaking Mr. Cheeto. (laughs) Jeez. Then the 
Then the Alamo Bowl. Yeah, what, 11 U- we're skipping this one. Al- 11 Utah versus Texas. Utah got smacked 38-10. to 10. Yeah, it, it was stupid. It was dumb. One of Peter's dumb games of the stupid wild magic and thunder of the whole gambling <laughs> thing at the bet your points, and I put all mine on Utah, and they lost, and I went bankrupt because it's a stupid game and a stupid college football, stupid exhibition games. Well, Dumb. listen, I I might be making the same mistake as you are in in tomorrow's bowl slate, so we'll see. But uh, a couple other games, Penn State played, man, and they won. They did not choke like Peters thought he thought they would. They won fifty three to thirty nine over Memphis. So good on them. Uh, so you didn't get to see the patented James Franklin choke job, which I did not. <laughs> I actually watched, like, four minutes of that game. <laughs> like, I think, so, So like, here's the thing, though, Ryan. Do people actually care about all these bowl games? Like, you're a big college football fan. How many bowl games, like, how much bowl game time do you think you've watched outside of the playoffs? Not much, but I think the, fa- uh, the and fans you're Ryan McDaniel. Like, yeah. you're Ryan McDaniel, and you have not watched much. Like, why yeah. are there 50 bowl games? Well, you know, I'm going to be up and at them on the TV to watch one certain bowl game. Yeah, yeah. You'll watch your team and you'll watch the playoffs. And, like, I watched the first quarter and a half of the first playoff game. And I turned it off because, you know, it was a blowout because that's what <laughs> happens. And then I watched all of Ohio – I watched all the second bowl game. Yeah, I watched about four minutes of Peter's because I was interested to see if Peter would win. I watched about <laughs> four minutes of the uh, Georgia, uh, not Georgia, the uh, what was the one earlier, the Rose Bowl. Yeah, uh, Oregon, Wisconsin. Yeah, I watched about four minutes of that one. I caught like the last two minutes of Herm. I think that's it. Well, you know, you you bring up Georgia. Last I checked, they were up nineteen to zero against Baylor at half. So, Georgia's offense looks like it can score. Yay. Uh, well, good for them. Uh, their offense has been trash. And then the uh, and then before you get to the playoff games, the Orange Bowl, number 9, Florida versus 24, Virginia. Virginia put up a fight. They only lost by 8, 36 to 28. So, good on them. But uh, Florida gets the win there. And, of course, mentioned the Rose Bowl. We had 6, Oregon versus 8, Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. Oregon wins that one by one, twenty-eight to twenty-seven. Justin Herbert, who's going to go into the draft, probably be a top ten pick, had three rushing touchdowns. So good last game from him. And then, like I said, we got the Georgia Baylor game going on right now. Right now, Georgia's winning that one. So probably Georgia's going to win that one. So it looks like you and me might get that one right. So there we go. Did you? Uh, did you mention Bama? Uh, so yeah, Bama. Uh, of course. I mean. No to it, and of course the first play you would expect an eighty-five yard bomb for a touchdown for them, right? Well, as you, as you do. <laughs> I mean, and you got Jerry Judy, who's gonna be pretty good, gonna be playing the NFL next year. They beat Michigan thirty-five to sixteen. Uh, looks really good, Judy, Devontae Smith, Ruggs, Najee Harris, all look really good. All gonna be playing the NFL probably, if not next year for a couple of them, then in a couple of years, and then. 12 Auburn versus 18 Minnesota. You and me got this one right, Matt. Minnesota wins. Minnesota. Yep. 31 to 24, which, listen, 
I, you guys know I'm a Tennessee fan. I don't care if the SEC wins all these bowl games. I want them all to lose. Well, yeah, and you know what? No one really cares, Ryan, because they're just exhibition games. Uh, screw SEC pride. I don't care about it. Uh, but let's talk about the games that do matter somewhat, Matt. The semifinals. So, of course, we had four Oklahoma versus one LSU first. Go Tigers, all that stuff. Uh, first one up, and they put a beatdown of epic proportions on uh, on Oklahoma. I looked at LSU's schedule. Vanderbilt and Ole Miss scored more points than Oklahoma did. And Oklahoma's got Jalen Hurts there. C.D. Lamb is going to be playing in the NFL. Got all this offensive firepower. Lincoln Riley. And yet Ole Miss and Vanderbilt score more points than them. Yeah, but, you know, Joe good. Burrow. Joe Burrow looked amazing. Eight touchdowns. 29-39 uh, passing. Justin Jefferson won the one of LSU's standout wide receivers. 14 catches, 229, and four touchdown uh, catches. Amazing. And so LSU wins that one 63 the 28. Uh, I mean, it was it was total domination. And, and right, like, okay, so one of my reasons I really can't get into college football is because I feel like there are a ton of blowouts. Yeah. And, and I tell you what, on Saturday, I was genuinely looking forward to watching these two games. I really thought both games could be at, at least entertaining, if mm-hmm. not actually pretty close, pretty good. And then this happened. And it just kind of solidified to me that, you know what? No. There should not be eight teams in the college football playoff because there's not eight teams that can hold a candle to the top three, you know, of any given year. Like, it just, like, solidified to me that, you know what? Yeah, seven touchdown passes in the first half. You don't deserve to be there. Get the heck out of here. I guess it's three teams. That yeah. were willing to, you know, that were deserving of having the shot at it. I was bored. I played Mario Kart instead. <laughs> like this is the problem with college football to me. Like that is that is probably the biggest problem with it, is the blowouts. Yeah, and and, uh, and, and having a, such a marquee game be a blowout does not help their case in getting my interest. Yeah, and of course you have the big thing that overshadowed this is unfortunately uh, LSU's offensive coordinator his daughter-in-law died in a tragic plane accident so yeah that, that sucks yeah they didn't tell the players until afterwards i think a couple knew burrow found out when he was being interviewed after the game so i don't know how i feel about that that's probably a thing for a locker room yeah uh, well and, and you you know it's one of those things that i i think you don't want to distract the players during such a big game you don't yeah. want them to kind of, you know, be not having their head in the game. And I don't, I, it's not their family, you know, like he, he knew, you know, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm fine with that. And then the, the best, uh, the best game out of these two Clemson versus Ohio state back and forth. Justin Fields makes a bad mistake late, which Ohio state had a chance to go and try to tie this game and maybe even take a one point lead. Makes a bad read, had all the time in the world. Clemson gets the pick to seal the win, and they're moving on to, I believe, their fourth college football championship game in five years. So that's good for them. They win 29 to 23. And you watched all this game. I did. This was actually a really good game. This one yeah. was really, really good. You know, I get it. This one was fun. 
Um, I tell you what, that targeting call, I didn't think it warranted the kid being disqualified. I thought maybe just an unnecessary roughness would have been fine. If that, because like Trevor Lawrence still had the ball. Yeah. Like he was sacked and they call it targeting, which I get it. You got to protect the quarterback. And I thought Trevor Lawrence might have been a***ed up on that play. Like he looked, he was really in pain. But like, I, I just, I don't like the idea of the kid being thrown out of the game for trying to make the football play. And it it really seemed to me like, like in my mind, targeting is just that you are targeting an injury. You're trying, you are not playing the game. You are playing violence, you know? It's it's basically bounty gate. Basically. And and in my mind on that play, he was still playing football. You know, I I think I, I, it came across to me like, you know, he he obviously, yes, he did lean lunch forward. He did go up high, but it felt to me like on that play, it was more about making the sack, making the play. He wasn't, I didn't think he was trying to take Trevor Lawrence out. And, and it really becomes unfortunate when Lawrence only misses one play and he yeah. comes right back in. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well now, not only, I believe it was on third down, so they would have had to stop. But now also the quarterback is right back in and the defender's gone. And yep. then that drive, they go down and score their first touchdown of the game. They rally back and they never look back after that, really. No, they did. Of course, there's that one uh, missed call where, you know, Ohio State thinks they forced a fumble. They return back for a touchdown. Yeah. They they take it back, you know. And uh, so, yeah, Clemson moves on. Trevor Lawrence, listen to this, man. I think he's 25-0 and so far in his college career. Hey, you know what? That's impressive. You know, he's, he's beating a lot of minor league teams. Way to go, kid. Yeah, and uh, he keeps us up. He, I think he's probably going to be the number one pick in the 2021 draft. I think. Easy. Probably. Uh, but a year ago, no one was saying Joe Burrow a year ago right yeah. now. No one was saying yeah. Kyler Murray two years I mean, ago right now. No one was I mean, saying Baker Mayfield three years ago right now. I mean, it could it could be Justin Fields. He had a great season for Ohio State. You know State. what? He only had... It could be someone who whose name I have never heard before. Right. Like, there is yeah. a decently good chance of that. Because a year ago right now, I had no idea who Joe Burrow was. Yeah. Two years ago right now, I only knew Kyler Murray because of baseball. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, I knew who Baker Mayfield was. But, like, yeah. I mean, whatever. Like, tank for whoever ends up being up there. Yeah. And so, that means we get a Tigers versus Tigers matchup. LSU versus Clemson in a, in a couple weeks. So, We'll hold off on doing our big talk about that one until the next pod. But uh, early thoughts, that's going to be a fun game. I, or gonna, or I, a blowout. It, it could. But uh, <laughs> it, it, you got Joe Burrow, excellent quarterback, throwing for 55 passes this year, touchdown passes, and then Lawrence playing as well as he has late. So it's going to be a fun matchup, I think. it's it's We're going to find out who the real Tigers are. Uh, that Monday night. So hopefully it's uh, the right Tigers, right, Matt? Go Tigers. Yep. So let's run through these bowl, uh, other bowls. That oh, my God. What more is there, Ryan? It's only just five. It's only just five. What is there, though? Uh, there's a couple that are going on right before we get to the big one on a couple Monday Jeez. nights from now. So many freaking bowls. I will agree with you on that. And, and none of them matter. 
Like, no one cares about so many of these. Well, I'll tell you what. Big Ben cares about one of these. D- no, I bet he doesn't. <laughs> uh, the Miami of Ohio, his alma mater? No, I bet he doesn't care. <laughs> well, hey, listen. If Central Michigan was playing, we know A.B. cares. I don't think he would. <laughs> A.B. probably doesn't I mean, even remember what school he went to. <laughs> I wonder if he remembers who, who was his coach there. I have no idea who his coach was there. Uh, do you want Do you want me to give you a hint? Uh, just tell me. It's getting late. It's Butch Jones. Oh. <laughs> who? I'm, of course it would. I, I'm officially putting up the rap sign. You just mentioned Butch Jones. <laughs> you, you you have me for 10 more minutes I'm hanging up Alright, let's run through these quick In Boston College versus Cincinnati We're all going with Cincinnati The Gator Bowl, tomorrow night Tennessee versus Indiana Of course, I'm going Tennessee You guys are going Indiana Then, famous Idaho Potato Bowl Ohio versus Nevada I'm assuming you're going with Nevada or Ohio Well, I, uh, I am going with either Nevada or Ohio, Ryan You are correct uh, on that well, statement I, <laughs> uh, I, I I put in the, uh, the the message board here. I put the letter A because this is yeah. not the Ohio State. This is just simply a state of Ohio. Right. So you're going with them. Me and Peter are going with Nevada. Armed Forces Bowl, Southern Miss versus Tulane. You and me are going to Tulane. Peter's going with Southern Miss. Then the Lending Tree Bowl, Louisiana versus Miami of Ohio. You're going with Louisiana. I'm me, me and Peter are going with the Miami of Ohio. Uh, so that's college football. But before we get out of here, you know, we had, uh, you know, first day of the new year, we had unfortunate uh, death happen early on in this year. Uh, former NBA commissioner David Stern uh, battling a brain hemorrhage. He's been in the hospital, I believe, since mid-December. Died at 77. And, you know, Adam Silver's done a good job, Matt. But uh, David Stern did have an impact on the NBA where – uh, it was when Silver took over, really. Yeah. He made a big impact. Well, and, you know, I was I was listening to the radio a little bit while I was driving today, and one of the guys made a really good point where the personalities of players, you know, and I think NBA Twitter is like a huge extension of that that you see yeah. these days. That really came alive during the, the uh, uh, David Stern era. You know, that's yeah. where you kind of had Magic versus Bird. You had MJ. You know, obviously, then you get to Shaq, Kobe, AI, Trace McGrady. You just get all these guys. And then you get to the current crop. You know, you had Kevin Garnett in there. Like, those guys' personalities were really allowed to be shown more during the David yeah. Stern era. Like, that, I think that is, you know, obviously, there's the controversy side of things if you want to go that route with the legacy. But I, I kind of think, I, I really liked, I don't remember who it was that said it, where his legacy is that, like, Players' personalities got a chance to shine. Yeah. And uh, we've we seen a whole lot of them shine throughout the years, and like the ones you mentioned, and even some now. They probably yeah. wouldn't have got the opportunity to shine. Guys like Embiid that we see on social media all the time. Uh, you, you know, I think you mentioned LeBron. Uh, guys like Giannis and Luka. Yeah. You know, uh, all, all, all of that kind of is just an extension of what was already – kind of set up, you know, all the endorsements and all of just the accessibility of those guys for all those years. Yeah, so... Uh, I, I had no idea David Stern was in such rough shape. Well, yeah, I remember hearing about it. 
around mid December when they first announced when I first heard of it, I was like, hopefully he can find a way to pull through. Uh, so it, it's unfortunate that he didn't. Uh, he was a great, he was a big impactful figure, not only NBA but I think in all sports in general. Uh, just a, a big loss of one of the former commissioners that we've known throughout the years. Uh, of course, I know. Uh, of course, he he did kind of own. Or was the GM of the Hornets at one point in video the Chris Paul trade? Yeah, know a lot. the Chris Paul thing. Like, a lot of people talk about the controversies with him, and that's the only one that I remember living through. Yeah. Uh, at least, you know, from the point where I could, you know, really comprehend stuff. Yeah, so, unfortunately, David Starton passed away at 77. So, thoughts go out to his friends, his family, all those involved. Uh, the NBA community takes... Uh, a big loss as we enter this new decade. But uh, you know what? We got a lot of more joyful things to talk about this decade, more happy things to reflect on, like his memory and what he did for the NBA. Uh, we we got the NBA going on right now, a lot of stuff going on there. But we got we still got a whole lot of football left to talk about on this podcast. The, we're just getting started here with the playoffs, all that stuff. That's going to be fun. Talking some more about what's going on with the coaching stuff in the NFL. I'm sure some of these will get solved here in the next few weeks. So yeah, we got plenty to talk about here on the views podcast as we get started here in the new year, in the new decade still feels weird to say that, but uh, yeah, we're going to keep things rolling here. We're going to keep things rolling here on entertainment. Uh, the Matt and Peter version of the rise Skywalker discussion. That's going to be fun. Uh, for me to listen to, I, I don't know if it's going to be fun for either of you two, but Oof, yeah, it, there are things I like in this movie. It will not be a purely a hate fest, but there's going to be some hate. Yeah, and so and also we got our comic book show coming up here soon, talking about all that stuff and how big of an impact it was to have the the comic book films kind of take over this last decade and kind of make them a force to be reckoned with. And I got some more pods down the way. We got our 2019 uh, Best of Films preview, which we got our 2020 preview as well, ranking our favorite movies of the decade, which looking at uh, the films that you saw in 2019, Matt, looks like your your list has doubled from uh, this past year compared to where it is this year. Well, uh, yeah, so we were talking about the uh, preview for 2020 and I decided that I should probably take a step back on that one because looking at that list, there are only about three or four films that I think I'm going to potentially even see. And yeah. uh, it may not even be that many. It may only be one or two. Uh, yeah, th- this year I saw eight. And, I, and by the way, I think that's an above average number. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> yeah. you guys see a stupid number of movies. Like, yeah. it's ridiculous. Ridiculous! How many nights you guys spend at the movie theaters? Uh, I, you know, I think average Joe, you know, the Matt Mormons of the world. I think we probably, yeah, I think three to four is probably more normal than how many times did you go this year, Ryan? Eighty three. It might have been with how many times I saw Endgame. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not just Endgame though. You saw like fifty movies in theaters, so. Well, and you know what? I saw. Let's see. I saw Knives Out. Ryan Johnson on Thanksgiving night. That was a great way to spend it. And then on a uh, new year's Eve, I saw Jumanji again. There you and, go. Uh, that, 
And uh, that was a fun time. That's a nice way to kind of close out the new year. So, yeah, we got a bunch of stuff coming up on both channels. Uh, be sure to be on the lookout for all those on Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, all that stuff. If you want to check up on the uh, Mandalorian pods, by all means, go and do it. Uh, I'm definitely going to try to rewatch the whole series at some point down the road. Yeah, and it's an easier to watch because it's eight, you know, shorter episodes. Right. So, yeah, so be sure to go check those out and all these ones that we got coming out on the way. Matt, before we get out of here, where can people find you at on uh, social media? At the actual Peter. Uh, you know, so send, send all your mean, hateful tweets there. <laughs> and uh, if you got anything nice to say, send it to at real Matt Mormon. Especially if it's about Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you got any Lamar love, always send that 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 my way. Any good Mike Trout gifts, I'm always a fan of that. Any cute dog <laughs> photos, I'm always a fan of those. So send those to me. Now, if you want to send a picture of your middle finger, send that to at, at the actual Peter, and uh, I'll see it there as well. Uh, what about Baby Yoda memes? Any of that? Oh, yeah. Send those to real Matt Marvin. I can always go for some good Baby Yoda memes. <laughs> um, it's really a shame, that, you know, Ryan, if we did like a top 10 cutest things of the decade podcast, it's really a shame that whatever would have won got sniped right here at the end of the decade with uh, Baby Yoda <laughs> taking the crown. Oh, man. Yeah, you definitely got sniped. Um so yeah, you can find me at RyanViews573, and that'll do it, everybody, for the first view show of 2020 of this decade with uh, plenty more to come. That means everybody, thank you guys for tuning in, and we will talk to you guys next time.